the letter G. So what did you call me? A gibbon? Gibbous. A gibbous? Yeah. Gibbous, gibbous an idea of what that is. Oh, okay, so it's an adjective. Let's yep. start with that. It's also archaic. It means humpbacked, humped, or swollen. More commonly seen as convex these days. Please can or you use it in a sentence? Oh, I've got one written down already. <laughs> as in, I saw Damien and thought he looked gibbous carrying all those bags of pork pies. Uh, how old is gibbous? Where it's does it come quite from? old. I think it's yeah. like 1400s. When I think everyone was hunchback... I think it was popular. It was in it was in vogue back then to you have know, a hunch. Where we're sitting now in a studio, if you think six hundred years ago there were people roaming I mean this was all fields. There was no concrete, there was no wood, there was no, no electricity. This is all barren virgin land. Yeah. Hunchbacks. It's people throwing fruit at each other yeah. in the stocks. That's what I imagine. It's probably where it comes from, so it's gibbous. What other word you called me then? What was all uh, that about? Mine is older than yours actually. Generous. You'll kind of know what generous means. More than is usual or necessary. <laughs> yeah. But of course that could mean too much. There are plenty of people in history who have been given the nickname The Generous. But that's why the second was called The Generous. He lived uh, until 1082 and he was the king of Poland. Nice. Uh, but that's why the generous. He was also known as the bold and the cruel. <laughs> so he could uh, be generous also dishing out a lot of cruelty. Absolutely, yeah. He, he gives generous pain. <laughs> <laughs> he died at the hands of an assassin, did Balesua the generous, uh, probably poisoning. He was 40 years old. So I reckon you're kind of there or thereabouts. I hope they put a generous amount of poison in his drink. What's that? Was there a Belesois the Third? Oh, yes, there was. Sorry, uh, do you want me to ask that again? No, Belesois the Third was also known as the Generous. He lived 1291 to 1352. He was the eldest son of Henry V, the Fat, as they called him. <laughs> <laughs> they really scraped the barrel when yeah. it came to nicknames. Henry V. That that'd be, that's like a Superman movie, isn't it? Henry V, the Fat. He was a Polish duke. There was also a rapper called Generous. Okay. Who had a hit with Y. Let me see if I can play it for you. Hold on. Mate, you dutty wine quite good. I thought I had bogling to the best of them. Considering you're sitting in a blue office chair, you twerked the life out of that. Mate, if I was in a dance floor right now, throwing shapes in the church of dance, yep. they'd all be worshipping me. We'd all be blind. Um, yeah, that's that. the rapper Generous, who despite the name is not one of the top ten most generous rappers in the world. No, who uh, is? In fact, Dr. Dre. Oh, uh, yeah. He's number one. He donated around $70 million to the University of Southern California to help form a new art degree. So you, my friend, uh, one way or another, are generous. Thank you. And this podcast is Ghost Cheeks. I, I was very <laughs> interested in that word. I've never heard of Ghost Cheeks before. Please fill me in. It is an urban term when you sit on a toilet seat and you can feel the warmth where the previous occupant was sitting. <laughs> ghost Cheeks are apparently extremely useful when sitting on a cold bench outside. It's come in handy. Yeah. I've often been for a crafty cigarette. Are you the, are you the heater or the heatee? Do you uh, give the heat or are you happy to take the heat? I used to uh, get into a routine where I knew who was coming in and out with smoking so I could yeah. get their bum warmth. Are the things I learn about you. Yeah. So every week here on The Fictionary, we take a selection of unusual words and find out what they mean and where they come from. Today, we're tackling the letter G. Follow us on Twitter at Thick Podcast to join in with future episodes. Uh, if you suggest a word, obviously H I J etc. For the next few weeks, we will do the homework. Right here we go. The uh, the the main bits, the main G letters. Here we go. A word that is in the dictionary, and you cannot do a word-based podcast without mentioning this word: gullible. Yes. An adjective. It comes from the dialect of Middle English. 
gull, meaning newly hatched bird. Okay. Who are obviously a bit... Stupid? Yeah, they know nothing. Their eyes are closed. This is where gullible comes from. So the word gullible dates from gull and then um, ibble. Tell us where the word ibble comes from. Yeah, uh, let's save that for when we get to the letter I. (laughs) Uh, It originates, if you're looking for a year, gullible from 1821 from the original spelling, which is gullable, back to 1818. And I do have a list of false facts here. Plenty of people are gullible. Yeah. So here we go, true or false? Go on. Albert Einstein was an avid bodybuilder. False. No death row inmate has ever asked for tofu as his last meal. Well, why would you? And Isaac Newton invented the game Hopscotch. Let's say true for that one, because I'd like a little bit of variety in history. And time for the bonus round. Queen Elizabeth has seen the movie Spaceballs at least 12 times. It's that's her favourite. That is true. I don't know why people keep saying that's false. That is true. <laughs> she knows for a fact all the lines. Winnie the Pooh yeah. was originally named Winnie the Pea. Yeah. <laughs> These are all facts. <laughs> so, here you go. That's gullible. What have you got? What have I got? Hit me with another one, yeah. So, my first word today is a word called gaylianthropy. What do you Uh, think gaylianthropy is? I know a guy who we call Gay Lee. It's not him. I don't think he's got a friend called Anne, and he's not particularly throppy. No. Gaylianthropy, come on. It is. It's a rare, very rare medical condition of thinking Uh. of oneself as a cat, usually in the manifestation of the adoption of feline mannerisms and habits. Is it a fetish thing? No, this is the thing. It's it's, It's apparently something... You, wait, you wake right. up and lick yourself. It's very much you grooming. Put your, you put your bum in other people's faces and oh. you just are very aloof. Yeah, and you can lick your own. <laughs> so, gaylianthropy, it's a rare medical condition where you think you're a cat, basically. And I've looked into the origin of this word, so it's back from the ancient Greece, gaily, yeah. and it means it's a name given to various types of animals of the weasel kind. Oh. That phrase, and then yeah. obviously the thropiers of that mental state. Yeah. So, I looked into this thinking, well, there must be some cases. There must be some interesting cases online of women or men who Let's have... hope so. Yeah. Otherwise, this is going to be a short podcast. It's very... No, it's it's long enough. So I went into the rabbit hole, I de- dove into it, and I thought, you know, typed it in, give me true cases. And what I got sent to, first of all, was an Instagram thing called Furry Situation. We've all had one of those. We've all had one of those situations. Let's all close our eyes for a second and remember our last furry situation. So I looked into it, and it was just this woman who had thousands and thousands of pictures of cats, mm. but they were all kittens, underage cats, and I felt dirty looking through all these pictures of these cats. So I thought, oh, well, this isn't this isn't silly. this isn't gaylianthropy by any stretch of the imagination. But they did mention, as on offsite, someone uh, did some research into this, and the same condition gives off signs and symptoms of cocaine addiction as well. I don't know how the two correlate, but this guy managed to come together and go, yes, well... Yeah, possibly. Possibly it's cat-like behaviour when you are uh, high. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I've never... Charlie says... (laughs) (laughs) Which is cat for get me out of this hellscape. Yeah. Right, let me hit you with this one. Go on. Gardy Lou. Oh, I like Gardy Lou. Gardy Lou is an obsolete interjection used by servants in medieval Scotland to warn passers-by of waste about to be thrown from a window in the street below. I love that word. I've actually heard this before as well. I love it. Oh, you have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very impressed. Tell uh, me where you heard it. Uh, honestly, were, you in Scot- were you at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival? No, I wasn't. Someone, <laughs> some comedian was throwing out all their material. Funnily enough, I was listening to another podcast and that came up. Not recently, but it came out a little while ago. You're che- this is episode two and you're cheating on me. Outrageous. <laughs> Outrageous. No, this is from a previous relationship. This is oh, okay. something I'd like to go yeah. back to. I have no right. I have no say on your life before you met me, so that's fine. That's fine. Good. I'm glad we've reached that uh, kind of accord. The phrase is uh, was still in use until the 30s or 40s, when many people had no indoor toilets. So I guess they just chucked it over the fence. So it's the feculent equivalent of saying four in golf. Yeah. <laughs> 
but you could quite easily just shout, Poo! This is the thing, if you say that now, no one's yeah. going to go, cover your head, there's poo coming. They're going to go, what does Gardy Lou mean? What do people shout when they throw their feces out the window now? Uh, like, if you live in the, the 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 25th floor of a Glasgow tenement block and you, you've you left that bucket stinking outside <laughs> on the balcony all night and you think, you know what, I can't be bothered to go down to the skip. I'm uh, just going to chuck it. I don't think they say anything. I think that's the joy now. So, the, uh, and a final G word from you. Is there um Yeah, I do have one. one. Gammon. Yeah. Oh, like the, like the ham? No. This, get this. So, Stick this in your pipe. So it's not ganon, which is you. Yeah. Or ganon. It's not gammon like the steak. They're gammon and eggs. It's still spelt the same way, gammon, G-A-M-M-O-N. Okay. Um, unlike, did I tell you this story? Sorry, go on a quick tangent. So, Settle yeah. in, folks. This is going to be a good one. It's going to be a short one. Light the fire. I think we'll be here a while. So, as people may know, you and I have both been on Games Master, true. right? Yeah, that's true. When I went on, the presenter, Dominic Diamond, never once got my name right on the <laughs> show. So, right before, doing the first bit, he goes, we'll come on stage, Paul Gallon, yeah. and then Paul Gammon, and then at the end, he managed to confuse the two and pull it called Gamnon. And I was just, like, so confused. And Minutes. you watch it back and you just think, oh, come on. My life is it's, it's so enriched by doing this podcast. Thank well, you so we're much. We're all learning. So anyway, Gammon. So I looked into this and it's informal, it's dated, uh, it means utter rubbish. Fair enough. Again, it's an old, old term of it, but yeah. to feign an action, to perpetrate a hoax on nonsense stroke rubbish. And the origin is early 18th century. The origin is uncertain. And the term was first used as criminal slang in giving Gammon to give cover to a pickpocket, or to keep Gammon as in a distractor victim for a pickpocket. Good knowledge. Well, you know, I mean, I would like to claim it back, I, ideally. I'd like to take Gammon... Off the menu. ...and replace it with Gannon, so you yeah. can be cheated. Oh, oh you got Gannon, then, you sucker. Gannon sounds like a little version of Gammon, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I just thought it'd be, like, nice... I'll have four ounces of Gannon steak. Mmm, that'll Ooh. keep the wife happy. Yeah, I played Gannon... I played cards with her, Paul, last night, and he gannon me. True and proper. Yeah, he done me up like a gannon. Yeah. Time this week on the Fictionary for the word workout, an anagram of a nine-letter word, or maybe more, uh, beginning with the letter, this week, G. So write it down if you're playing along on the back of your metro or newspaper or running order if you're Paul Gannon. Yes, or uh, hand. Yeah, and it, wherever you got, wherever there's space, Charles forehead with a, a sharpie. And then see how you get on at the end. You can join in on the Twitter, at Thick Podcast. Here we go, you ready? Yeah, go for it. The This is a G word, but scrambled. Yeah. A Greek pole. Yeah. A Greek poll. Answer coming up at the end. Hey, time for a bit of fun where it gets a little bit mature. I mean, imma we're immature, but this is the mature bit. Yeah. It is time for this week's dirty word. So Paul's going to give you a word and then tell you what it means. Uh, dirty word beginning with G, please. So there's quite a lot to go from. When I was researching this, it turns out there's uh -oh. quite a lot of dirty words with G. I've got like a hundred in my head already. And this thing, it's easy pickings. I didn't want to go for the obvious ones, but what I went with is a word that jumped out at me and I love it. Yeah. It's called glim flashy. Have glim you ever heard of the word glim flashy before? Glim flashy? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think it means for a start? It's like when you say someone's glim flashy, it means they're like they're super fly. He is so glim flashy. No, it's a good word. I would have put it that way, but no, it's not. It actually is it mean... not a song by Rick James in the seventies? <laughs> Rick James, bitch. Glim flashy. No. Yeah. Glim flashy. Yeah, no, so glim it's not. Glim flashy. Go and have another go. Glim flashy. It's I... not a weird Hobbit version of flash dance. I think it's finished for a dessert. No. I'll I... have uh, two glim flashies <laughs> and a drambuie, please. <laughs> uh, no, it actually means to be angry or in a passion. 
Oh, yeah. Um, it was defined uh, initially in a uh, thing called by Francis Gross in the Dictionary of the Vulgar Tongue in 1811. Uh, people believe he also based it on a book. I mean, uh, there was an earlier book before Francis Gross wrote this, and it was called, if I remember rightly, uh, The Antiquities of English and Wales. And that was originally a book about all the words certain con men used at the time in the early 1800s, you know, like kind of like Cockney slang, I guess. Yep. So glim flashy was part of the words of the pickpocket. It's too flouncy, though. I think that's why glim flashy has died out, because we use short, perfunctory uh, swear words now, don't yeah. we? we? We've boiled it down to the main seven <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> over the years. We've, it's th- purification. There was 400 or so, yeah. and then actually they died out as the generations went on, and nobody uses glim flashy. It's Not even Julian Clary would probably use it. The last person was maybe Larry Grayson. Might have tried it. Yeah, maybe. Glim flashy. Maybe someone like Kenneth Williams used it in his diary once. Yeah. you know, I do have it used. Uh, I've got a quote here. Yeah, of it being used. When I accidentally tore a hole in Margaret's knickers, she leaped at me. I could tell she was glim flashy. I braced myself and hoped for the best. That comes from The Clan Asunder by M. F. Tackle in 1884. So there's my dirty word, glim flashy. It's the letter G this week on the Fictionary. Final bit on the podcast is the results of the word workout. An anagram of, a, a, well, at least a nine-letter word beginning with the letter G. The word I gave you was a Greek pole. Paul Gannon, a Greek pole. Yes. I'm gonna, I need to give you 30 seconds to work out what it is. Your 30 seconds begins now. Greek pole. Not somebody with parents from two different nationalities. A Greek pole. Ten seconds. All right. Daniel. Five. Time is up, obviously. Right. A Greek pole is a G word, but which G word? See, uh... I thought it was goalkeeper, but then I realised I don't have enough words or letters, the right letters, so it's not goalkeeper, is it? Yeah, it is goalkeeper. Is it? it have is I written go- it down wrong, you then? You absolutely cocked it up, mate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, G words, ten letters, goalkeeper. A player assigned to protect the goal in various sports, also called a goalie, goaltender, netkeeper, netminder. Sports that have goalkeepers, how many do you think there are? How many sports that have them? Yeah. Um, there's quite a few. So I'm going to say, well, there's hockey and there's... Just give me a number. Oh, all right, all right. Don't, <laughs> I like to do the working out in case I get to the extra got, points. I've got a list, my friend. You just give me the number. All right, I'm going to go six. Is the wrong answer. Oh. Sports that have goalkeepers. So yeah. You know what? I think you can make snooker better with a goalkeeper. You can just have someone running around putting their hands, hands in the, in the pockets. pockets. <laughs> uh, sports that have goalkeepers. Association football, as we know in this yes. country, football. Gaelic football. All right. International rules football, which What's is the difference? a combination between Gaelic football and Aussie rules. Uh, Aussie rules has no keeper. Handball. Hockey, both ice and field. Obviously. Water polo. Field lacrosse and box lacrosse. Hurling, floorball, which uh, is... I've never heard of that before. Right, floorball is like hockey with the, the wrong end of a mop. It's like small indoor hockey. You know, like five-a-side football? Yeah. It's like five-a-side but tiny indoor hockey. In fact, they're doing the 10th Women's World Championships in Finland this week, the final, December the 12th. Oh, I'll keep in mind. And the final sport that has a goalkeeper, bandy. Bandy. And you want to watch bandy. I'm serious. Get into bandy. How do right? you spell that? 
B A N D Y. Okay. But and uh, the, yeah, bandy. It's basically eleven aside ice hockey. Oh. So you think ice hockey like NHL? It's like three, four, five players, right? You stick the bandy, and it's massive. It's like the oh. size of Wembley. I need to see this. I, it, I like ice hockey a lot, so they go and Malcolm skating across the pitch. Five minutes later, he's still skating. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, your word workout, a Greek poll is goalkeeper. Yay! And it looks like we've reached the end of this week's episode of The Fictionary. It has, in all honesty, been germinal. I've found it particularly gallant. And it has been Graham, which is what the G stood for in Ali G. Ah, I a- never knew that! Alistair Leslie Graham. Nice. This show is part of Podomity, the podcast comedy network. We're the best kept secret on Acast. Why not laugh at what else we've got? Check out podomity.com now.